Hey, welcome to the Scotty Mac with Cheese podcast, and uh, we're on location today, packed up the equipment, and uh, came over to Dr. Shea Corbin's office today. Shea, uh, well, I would call you Dr. Shea. Shea, Dr. Shea, yeah, yeah that's fine. He is a, a licensed chiropractor, but uh, you're really a, a guy that's been around this for a long time. Uh, yeah, it's been about 20 years and been able to uh, have an amazing career, uh, blessed so far, and done a lot of different things with sports and general uh, nutrition and yeah. nutritional supplements and general practice right. um, of all ages. Let me get to this this idea that, uh, well, first of all, you have a wealth of experience. You were over in Texas. Tell us a little bit about that and the differences in coming to Louisiana. Right? Yeah, sure. You had uh, extensive training in Houston and you actually had in the trenches stuff going on there. Yeah, that's, that's where I went to school and graduated from Texas Chiropractic College. And um, one of the things that we did is uh, um, we did hospital rotations. A lot of people don't realize that chiropractors do hospital rotations. And uh, my hospital rotation was six months in the ER in wow, the suture okay. room. Okay. And so we, we did everything. We, it was through University of Texas uh, Medical School. And we um, also had to learn how to suture, reset fractures, dislocated limbs, INDs. The R was different because you took whatever came in, uh, mm -hmm. whether it was someone with a cold, appendicitis, um, broken arm, broken leg, um, uh, gunshot wounds. We did everything. Wow. And so the training was invaluable to see really uh, how great our other medical professionals are, you mm -hmm. know, our colleagues on the MD side of it. Uh, they have a wealth of knowledge and um, and do some great work. So it was really a team effort, your, your yes. operation over there, uh, doctors working together with chiropractors. Get, well, your experience with athletes over in Houston. Did I read about, uh, was it you were involved with the PGA? Yes. Yeah, so um, I was involved with the PGA Tour. I traveled with them for four years, uh, treating um, at different uh, tournaments and mm -hmm. sites and those type of things. Um, as well, I was on the uh, LSU medical staff uh, for about 13 years and traveled uh, for about 10 years with those guys. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I have worked with a, a lot of different athletes, football, baseball, track and field a lot just a little bit of everything. And, um, and it really uh, forces you to be aware of what is new, what is working, uh, the soft tissue, the things that don't get done uh, everywhere else. And then you bring that into your clinic to really help your everyday patients. Cause yeah. we're, we're basically athletes are just, our job is life and work. Right. That's a good way to put it. Everybody's an athlete. Um, and there's a lot of golfers. The very fact that he was with the PGA, I would think that would be a big selling point to somebody who has an injury. I was fortunate that um, on the PGA Tour, we worked with not just the younger guys, but we had to also work with the Champions Tour. So it gave us an idea of, hey, this is what you're going to look like when you're 70 playing golf or 65 playing golf, like Raymond Floyd and a few other guys mm -hmm. like that. Gary players, all those guys were uh, incredible athletes uh, as a young man and as an older man. Those guys were, they continued to play at a really high level. And I remember Gary players coming in one day, um, talking to the guys and, and they're, how's it going, Gary? And he's like, I'm just trying to shoot my age today. And I think he was about 73 at that time. <laughs> right, so, right. So yeah. he was really trying to shoot his age. Yeah. I mean, you just lose some power over time, you know? We do. Yeah. Yeah. It's we're just, not as elastic. Yeah. So you run into a lot of people that are trying to 
uh, act their age? <laughs> Maybe not. Um, I think we tend to more act a lot younger than we are because yeah. in our head, our memories and, and all of those uh, fond things that we have of our sports and our greatest shots and all those things, they tend to come out and, and, and we want to reproduce those and those glory moments. And so our body is sometimes past that, that actual glory moment and we need to reevaluate and go, okay, there's new glory moments. Right. We can have these moments now. Um, they're just a little different. That's yeah. all. Yeah. I mean, if you were, you know, involved in getting into the Olympic trials, there's always always the senior games. There is. <laughs> yes. And some people th- don't like to think about that, but no. And um, I, I think as we age, you know, uh, the elasticity in our bodies change. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The ability to heal changes uh, all right. of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but in our in our between our ears, we're still 20 and we can still function. And, and a lot of guys are very skilled at what they're doing. Their bodies just pay more of a price now. Uh, no two people are ever alike. That would make it very easy. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe difficult for you to stay employed. Maybe, yeah. yes. So uh, what are the things that you look for? When, when somebody comes in and they've had an injury or they're recovering from surgery, you have programs, depending on whether or not they came from surgery or it, it's a sports injury, uh, and you've been doing this for so long, what are the things that maybe have improved, that you've seen changes? Yeah, I think most notably... Uh, the thing that stands out is the amount of soft tissue work that is needed uh, for people post-surgical, post-injury, sprain strains, herniated discs, any of these type of things. In sports, I would say probably about 15 years ago, the soft tissue movement really went to a new plateau. And one of my jobs with um, the athletes was exactly that, was soft tissue management, soft tissue injury repair, um, those type of things. We know that adjustments to the spine and stopping interference to the nerves uh, from what's called a subluxation, which is a bone that's not in the spine that's not moving or it's fixated in a different area, maybe not in neutral. We know that interrupts the signal flow just slightly to the muscle, which weakens it because it's not getting a full signal. So if we can loosen that up and get that full signal to the muscle, they're going to be stronger. And and that's pretty well researched. Uh, The muscle work, though, uh, that has been done and researched in active release, Graston factor, all of those type of things shows a lot of the same thing. Earlier, you mentioned uh, age elasticity. I I can't even say it, but uh, you understand it as part of the process of healing. What are the things that you do with regard to that? So there's a lot to it. Age is one. We've mentioned that several times uh, just because it is very important. Uh, 14, 20-year-olds can heal different than the 40- and 50-year-old guy or gal. Um, Hydration is critical Mm -hmm. um, to help flush those muscles and the repair and all those nutrients going in and out of the muscle. And we're not talking coffee uh no (laughs) coffee is one of those things that actually decreases hydration Um, so uh, you want to add one extra cup of water to your 
usual regimen if you do drink a cup of coffee. Uh, and, and typically, um, about um, one ounce per uh, body weight is typical mm-hmm. um, for a, an athlete or in something when you're when it's really hot, you might want to increase more. Mm-hmm. Um, water is not hydration uh, only. So a lot of people think, oh, I drink plenty of water. And, you know, they're an athlete or they're a weekend warrior like myself and so many other people. And they get out there and they sweat like crazy. Right. Well, you lose so much more in electrolytes, those type of things. And there are different great little different products out there that will help us with the electrolyte replacement. Uh, There's also uh, a thing about nutrition in general. Uh, What you're eating is the fuel for your body. Uh, So one of my hobbies is racing. And um, so I I like to use the analogy of a race car. Um, So a race car, when it's working fine, you've got good fuel, um, which is the food that we eat. And the engine is your body because that's what's burning everything. If you have a great running engine, uh, but you put really bad fuel into it, you're not going to get the maximum out of it. Hmm. I think it's just really lifestyle. You know, we like to eat. We have some of the best food. And on the, on the planet. planet, yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about it, and everybody says so when they come. Good stuff. Which reminds <laughs> me, <laughs> kind of leads me to the next point because we're, I mean, we're still in the uh, pandemic of COVID nineteen, and the thing that keeps popping up in social media, and I kind of feel it myself. We put on a few lbs. And the uh, freshman 15, right? Right. And so they reopen gyms and people are uh, they're getting out and walking. Are you seeing an increase in injury? And what are some of the things we can do to help? Yeah. Since this COVID-19, which has affected everybody, uh, it's a tragic thing. I think some good will come out of it eventually. Somehow people are learning things and we're going to grow uh, as a people from it. But one of the things I'm seeing is we, we got put on hold instantly. It's like somebody hit pause yeah. and said, okay, no more quickly, of this. Quickly, yeah. quickly. And that's why I said the, they hit pause. It wasn't a, okay, we're getting close to the end. Y'all wrap things up. It was just, okay, pause. And then now two months later, they're going, they're hitting pause again. And now it's going back to play. So again, that thing between our ears says, oh, I'm the same as I was two months ago. True. You, you haven't really degenerated or changed or anything like that. Uh, but your body, has probably not had the same type of exercise. Even if you said, well, I'll go jog or I'll do some body weight exercises or you do something, you're better off than doing nothing. But when you go back to the gym and you start training harder, there should be for a a person that's in pretty good shape, there should be at least a 30% decrease for the first four or five workouts and then a quick little slow increase, 10% Mm -hmm. increase getting back to that 100% would do fine. Some of us may want to take a 50% decrease. So that's decrease the weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, decrease the, the time frame. So if I was doing uh, like four sets of this uh, bench press and then I did four sets of uh, incline press and I did four sets of flies, well, that's 12 sets on chest. Um, I might lighten the weight by 50% if I wasn't already in really good shape mm-hmm. and do, you know, instead of 12, do six. Mm-hmm. Um, something like that. So cut everything kind of in half. Do that for three or four workouts. Let your body go through that delayed onset muscle soreness. We don't want to stress the tendons too much. That's how we start getting tendinopathies. And then that creates bursitis and uh, oftentimes. And so all of those things, anytime you can decrease the weight, decrease the, the amount you're doing, mm-hmm. maybe increase the repetitions a little bit, uh, but that will help you. It'll save you from a lot of pain. What about uh, just to pick up on when you get to work out, maybe for me, I was going three 
times a week, four times a week sometimes. No, I think um, decreasing the uh, amount that you're doing, the weight, volume, the number of uh, sets, and maybe increasing some of the repetitions in there are okay. Uh, but I think the number of times you go to the gym are okay. And I would preface that by saying uh, if you're really sore and you're supposed to go to the gym that day and you're thinking, man, I'm really, really sore, um, maybe a much lighter workout that day or skip it and go the next day. Give your body one more day of rest. No, Drink so, a lot more water. Right. Oh, and so that was a tie-in. The water mm-hmm. situation, pretty good chance that the soreness might be hydrated related. So, Well, know. it's going to affect it, um, but the soreness is probably just um, the delayed onset muscle right. soreness from lactic acid buildup so, and normal stuff. Right. So you're... Uh, you want to be able to listen to your body, but sometimes yes. you are going to get some soreness by as you ramp back up. Yeah, and some of that soreness is good, but when it's when you know you go to uh, to stand up and and it takes a couple of steps to really get back to a, a normal gait because you're so sore, that's a little bit more than we really are shooting for. Uh, had you backed off a little bit and went up, uh, taking your time and said one, two, or even three more workouts, uh, which is maybe a week for most people, um, you would have had a lot less tenderness, a lot less sore soreness and you would have probably your body's going to probably make more gains than having to fight that massive amount of soreness soreness is good means we stressed our body means we're working it too much of a good thing is still too much gotcha the name of your uh, uh, your practice is medical spine uh, spine Spine and and sports sports injury rehab center yeah. So, um, yes, yeah, sports has always been a big part of what I do because we tie everything in from the sports field to our everyday person. Uh, like we had talked about earlier, we're all really athletes. It's just sometimes our, our, our athletics is work, kids, um, home, doing yard work, those kind of things. Those are still stressful on us. So, yeah, education for uh, patients is huge. And, and that's one of the things I try to teach people is that whole mentality that we used to have, which we're losing, um, a lot of a lot of people are really on board with this. Is is uh, no pain, no gain. Uh, that always isn't the right thing. There are some times for that. Uh, yes, if you're training hard for a triathlon or a sport event or something, there is going to be some pain, but it's that good pain. Uh, when you're working your shoulder or you're doing something, you've got a tendonitis or you've got something in your shoulder, you don't know what's going on um, and it's hurting to work it out, um, you might want to back off of it a little bit, stretch mm-hmm. it a little bit more, change what you're doing, find uh, uh, an exercise or a range of motion in an exercise that doesn't hurt as much mm-hmm. and cause as much irritation. You're still making progress. Uh, if you push it into pain all the time, that's exactly what you're probably going to get is pain. Yeah. Uh, if you go to that limit of where your body is, your body will eventually get past that most of the time. That's that's why I'm here because sometimes people need help. And you also, uh, and I know this for a fact, he's uh, talked about hydration. When I've come to see him, I mean, my wife and uh, bonus daughter were in an automobile accident. And so uh, there are certain things that he's been coaching uh, me on. And uh, one of the things I didn't listen to, I, I am really sorry. I forgot. Oh. <sighs> There's my wallet out of my back pocket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a big one, dude. Yeah, it's got right. all kind of pictures and stuff in right. there. <laughs> it doesn't have money, I can tell you that. <laughs> you know what? So uh, when you go down the list, if you ever go to uh, your, your website, which is? DocShay.com. D-O-C-S-H-A-Y. Okay. Dot com. Dot com. 
there are things, you know, hints that you give people. And this was number three. <laughs> I said, yes. like, you run into that with a lot of men. Yes. And, and they don't even think about that. No, uh, historically, that's where we keep our wallet. And uh, I, I changed that for Unless me. you're in New Orleans, in the yeah, French th- Quarter. Then where does it go? In the front pocket. That's where it should always go. Okay. So, <laughs> so just pretend like you're in the French Quarter. That's right. Yeah. You're better off not only from a safety standpoint, but you're also better off from a health standpoint. Well, you're not sitting on a big wedge and shifting your pelvis uh, and you're, you reached out of your right side and got that thing out of there. What do you do when you're driving? You're sitting there, your right leg's pushed forward, your left leg's usually bent back a little bit, so you're already tilting your pelvis. Now you put a wedge in there and you're tilting it in another direction. Wow. The reason why I I wanted Dr. Shea on our uh, podcast is that he is just, as you can tell, just uh, a wealth of knowledge when it comes to uh, many things that people fight with, and yet they don't even think about chiropractic as being an option for them. Yeah. So I wanted people to hear that, uh, you know, this is, this is not your first rodeo when it comes to injury or uh, preventative practices that you can do to maintain your uh, range of motion or, and have a better quality of life as you get older. Yeah, no, that's correct. And oftentimes people don't think about their chiropractors as their first go-to person. Uh, This podcast goes out to a whole bunch of different people in different areas. And so they will have the the chiropractors in their area that they can seek out as well. And they're welcome to come see me if they're in my area. But uh, your other chiropractors uh, in our industry uh, have a wealth of knowledge as well. They know how to manage your day-to-day to help you get through those things, to be that first line of defense for your musculoskeletal, neuromusculoskeletal problems. Yeah. And they can make those recommendations and changes for you and give you advice. And, and, um, and really, <clears throat> it is about changing people's thought process and how they think about themselves and what they're doing. And if I can educate you and get you to do a few things differently, then uh, you're going to be better off long term. And that's what it's really about. Let's improve the quality of your life long term, not just treat the symptom or the situation right now. Let's help that. Let's mm-hmm. get it better. But let's let's help you long term. I would much rather see my patient come in as a maintenance care patient because they're doing well and they're healthy uh, than have them constantly hurting. Mm-hmm. That means um, right. they're always in, having problems and they're not really uh, seeing their full potential or, or it's, they're just having more pain, which they're not as productive in life at their job. Um, they're probably going to be a little bit more irritable because pain does that to people. Right. And uh, so if I can improve that part of their life as well as other chiropractors, that's what we're really here for. And the, uh, the good thing about uh, Dr. Shea and, and other chiropractors too, is that when they come to you with the pain, you're able to determine whether or not that they need something else besides chiropractic. If they need you, you pick up on that. Yeah, I think that's one of the things when I came here and I realized that um, uh, the medical field and chiropractic were not necessarily at odds. I don't want to say that. They were at lack of education with one another. Mm-hmm. And so um, a lot of the medical uh, field was really unsure of what chiropractors do and how they do things. You know, they hear the stories and that and are, you know, their first 
job when a patient comes to them is to protect the patient. Mm -hmm. And so if they're uneducated and they don't know a lot about a certain field, um, then it's our job to educate them. And so uh, that's what I did with a lot of um, my colleagues that I work with now is I went to them and and I I just simply said, well, what do you know about what I do and other chiropractors and this and that? And and they were were honest and said, frankly, Shay, I don't know a whole lot about it. Mm -hmm. Just what I've heard. And, you know, we don't really study it in school because they're busy studying their craft. And who better to understand that than you? Because yeah. you were in medical school. We we went to uh, we we partnered. I was in chiropractic right. college, and then we partnered with the medical school, and so that way we had that blended um, mm-hmm. education. Both the medical doctor got to see what we did, and then we got to see and do what they do, and it really built a lot of respect for one another. And uh, and to have great orthopedic surgeons and um, orthopedic spine surgeons and neurosurgeons and all family doctors to have relationships with these guys. Most chiropractors out there built these relationships with these guys and we seek out uh, great doctors just like they do. And um, so when we refer, that referral is a reflection of who we are too. Uh, and, and so um, those doctors understand uh, exactly what to do for the patient. Mm-hmm. And there are things that we don't do. I, I can't, when you tear up your knee, I'm not going to be able to fix it. That doctor's going to have to go in there and replace that ACL or mm-hmm. do some other things. Whatever the case is. Whatever yeah. the case yeah. is. And, right. uh, and so there, there's the benefit um, to have those guys as a relationship for my patients. And that's, that's part of the duty as a chiropractor is we need to um, be able to work with the medical professionals to get the patient exactly what they need, no matter what that is. And that's good information for people to hear because being in Louisiana, you know, even people not in the medical field have this view that those two are totally separate. But when, in fact, you've You've learned to not only bridge the gap, but bring those two, uh, those two entities together. And yes, that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, anything else that uh, that we didn't really cover? Because that's a lot of information, and we want to encourage people to share this because this is this is all good stuff. Particularly sure. the part about uh, training, the fact that you were involved in sports. People mm-hmm. can come in. Uh, it doesn't cost an arm and a leg for a consultation, or no. We take know. most insurances, yeah. and um, it's just your copay typically. Yeah, and um, and you know, it's uh, one thing I think I would want to leave somebody, everybody with, is a tidbit on a nutritional supplement because we didn't really get to talk about that. But nutrition is one of my loves, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, for when you're training, uh, not just the hydration, but a an a- good antioxidant, and then a good magnesium, calcium with zinc helps mm-hmm. tissue repair. Yeah, we went, so that's we went and got nice that. Yeah. yeah, we went and got that as soon as uh, as soon as we got done with our last uh, appointment. Good. Yeah. So, well, uh, it's certainly good to have you here, uh, Doctor Shea. Doctor Shea Corbin, with and that's a lot of words on that uh, that shirt right it, there. It's a blend. It was two or two companies, a medical and a chiropractic. Um, blend and that's why it's like that because there's yeah. a medical side to my practice and then I do the chiropractic and the therapy side. Yeah, so to save money on print cost on his t-shirts and his golf shirts, it's Stick medical spine, spine and sports, injury and rehab centers. Yes. They're the, all, all under one big umbrella. Or you can just go to docshay.com. That's it's much easier. That's probably the easiest way to go. Dr. Shea, thanks for uh, joining us in the yeah, thanks Sc- for having me. Scotty Mac with Cheese podcast and uh, uh, stay healthy and don't try to conquer the world. You know, there's a lot, a lot of people I've seen on Facebook say, "Ooh, I got to get ready for the beach in August." Yeah, you know, go easy. Thanks, Doctor Shea. Mm, thank you, Scotty.